Are you ready to become awesomer? Hello, everyone. My name is Umar Hamid. I'm your host on the No Limit Selling Podcast, where industry leaders share their tips, strategy, and advice on how you can become better, stronger, faster. Just before we get started, I've got a question for you. Do you have a negative voice inside your head? We all do, right? I'm going to help you remove that voice in under 30 days guaranteed. Not only remove it, but transform it. So instead of the voice that sabotages you, there's one that propels you to much higher levels of performance and success. There's a link in the show notes. Click on it to find out more. All right, let's get started. Hey, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the No Limit Selling Podcast now in video two. Uh, today, I've been joined by Kyle Jebson. He works for HubSpot. He's an inside sales guru. Kyle, welcome to the program. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Just before we went live, you were talking about, I asked you the question that, you know, uh, have you always worked from home? You said, no, before the pandemic, I used to work in the office because I thought, continue that thought. Yeah. Yeah. So I've got, I got three uh, young kids at home. My oldest is seven. He's actually doing uh, Zoom first grade just around the corner from me here. And uh, I, I always thought if I worked from home, uh, I would get nothing done. The kids would be touching the keyboard and, and, and the mouse and the, the screen and wanting me to play with them and needing me to look at things. And I just assumed that productivity would be zero. Um, but then, you know, March 2020 hit, everybody was forced home. And, and for the first few days, week or two, it was very strange. The kids wanted to touch everything and see everything. But they've quickly learned that my, my work is not that interesting to watch. I spend a lot of time looking at a computer screen, a lot of time on Zoom calls, and now they, they mostly leave me alone. Um, but the thing is, I've, I found I actually really love working from home because I can. If, if my, you know, my five-year-old daughter draws a picture, she can just hold it up and show it to me and I can tell her it's beautiful and then go back to work. Whereas that's nice. something I, I would miss if I was at the office, you know? And so... Absolutely. Uh, and and we lunch together, and it's just I, I I'm finding this fluid arrangement where I can focus and get as much work done as I ever did before, but I'm also in some sense present. My kids know I'm here; they can show me things, they can ask me things, you know, they can practice their somersaults in the background, and I I can give them a little applause and then just keep working, and and I really like that. And also, you know, you can like you land some more sales. The kids are doing somersaults in the background. <laughs> Once I was doing this presentation to land a. Uh, a corporate gig, and one of the ladies uh, came back from maternity leave just for this meeting to see if I was the right fit. And somewhere along the meeting, I said, oh, could I hold? And I had this baby snuggling my neck. And how could they say, no, I used a baby to land an account. I feel so dirty. <laughs> yeah, well, and I, I have to say, for the first, I don't know, a long time, two or three or maybe four months of, of the, this working from home period, um, I was always, okay, I'm going on a Zoom meeting, everybody quiet, everybody out, you know, nobody in this room. And inevitably, you know, it, it, it was impossible to keep my family completely out of shot. I live in a small Boston apartment. Someone's right. always wandering through the, the living room where I work, right? And I, nobody is ever offended to see a child, as it turns out, right? I don't know what I was afraid would happen. I don't know if I thought people would say, oh, this is so unprofessional, or oh, how dare, you know, children should, should not be seen or heard on Zoom, you know, but I... Uh, it turns out everybody's just everybody waves. Everybody's so happy to see a kid, and and I don't know if that's because we're all in this together and we all sort of get it that none of us chose this arrangement, but here we are, and so there's a higher level of empathy, or maybe people are just nice, right? Maybe people are just decent uh, naturally, and either way is good for me. I think there's this. We have this sense of who we're supposed to be. 
Like, I need to put up this front. And uh, it's true for you, Kyle. Like, you know, I need to be professional. My kids can't be in the shot. And before the pandemic, if a kid did come on the shot more than once, uh, the other person on the other end would have gone, you know, kids should be seen and not heard. And what's going on here? But now that we're all in the same boat, it's like life happens. And uh, we've let our guard down. So it's going to be really interesting for companies like HubSpot. It's like, do we want our employees back in the office, number one? Because lots of companies like, we could reduce our space dramatically. It would save like a ton of dough. Number two, do employees want to go back? And the employees that choose to go back, will they change their mind after two weeks? It's like, nah, it's not as cool as I thought it was. I'm not sure what's going to happen. What yeah. do you think is going to happen? I, I don't know. So I, HubSpot has, has offered its employees uh, sort of three options. Instead of just a binary at home full-time or in the office full-time, there's this third option called Flex where um, you you plan on not coming into the office more than I think it's one or two days per week. And so in that instance, they are going to have some number of desks that are hotel desks, right? You you yes. You sign up and say, I'm coming in this Wednesday, have a desk ready for me. And you come in on Wednesday and they have a desk for you. It might be a different desk than when you came in last Thursday or whatever, you know? <laughs> And, and I, I've signed up for that. Um, our offices aren't reopened yet, so I don't know what it's like. Uh, but I, I, I think it'll be interesting to, to, to feel out this new world of, of, of fluidity at work. I will say I have missed uh, certain things about being in an office. Uh, my team has hired several new people in the past six months. And it's hard for me to get to know these folks, right? I've, I've been at HubSpot nearly six years now. And so I have lots of relationships and connections and I am fine you know reaching out to people over slack or whatever to get information but I can imagine as a new personality company trying to get to know anyone trying to navigate the organization would be very difficult in a fully remote uh, situation and I I mean uh, at HubSpot and other companies I think HR teams are thinking deeply about this and trying to figure out how to overcome it but I mean there are just so many relationships I have because I met someone in the lunchroom, right? Or we happened to attend the same meeting together in person and afterward we struck up a conversation and it's really hard to replicate that in a remote setting. You know, you have a a team meeting over Zoom. There's none of that. If you're the first one in the room, people trickle in and you can ask them how their day is going, right? Kind of everybody shows up at that start time, the meeting goes and then everybody disappears when it's over. And and, and so there are these little social interactions that I think are actually really important for our professional growth that are now missing. And I don't know how we overcome that. And not only professional growth, but human growth, that human connection, we're in the same boat. So tell HR that Umar said that they have to do uh, Zoom mixers. Yeah. And in that one, it's like there is no agenda other than uh, some storytelling and then breaking up into rooms and swapping around and showing pictures of your kids and sharing at-home horror stories would be like totally brilliant. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I think there's room for Zoom or maybe some Zoom contender to figure out how to how to allow organic side conversations, right? Because, I mean, the, I have been in mixers and things, but what invariably happens is is one person is talking, and that's the only person who can talk, right? And you could, like, yeah. break everyone into breakout sessions, but there's no way to just, like, hey, I need sidebar right like umar come over here i just want to tell you something real quick then we'll come back to the the main meeting right and yeah that would be a good trick i think could be really valuable for a lot of reasons really distracting for a lot of reasons right but really really valuable for a lot of reasons so tell me what's what are sales like right now so how do you do what you do do you get a lead coming in and then you kind of respond back to it like what's happening well so i i actually I, i do sales training 
Um, I'm not, I'm not a, a frontline seller anymore. Nice. Um, and it's been interesting watching sales trends over this time um, because there's been this digital transformation going on in sales for a long time. Um, and, and HubSpot has really, for a long time, been, been, been sh- pushing the message of, you know, you should have a website, you should be collecting inbound leads, you should be sharing helpful content. Um, but the, it's been possible for a long time for a lot of companies to be like, mm, that's not how my industry operates, right? I'm in, I'm in manufacturing, or I'm in the oil industry, or I'm in whatever, you insert industry here, and we are, we are old school, right? And, and that is not how we operate. Right. And then suddenly... That's how we have to operate, right? There is no in-person meetings. Yeah. There are no conferences you're setting up booths at. Um, everybody has been forced to adapt. And HubSpot, for a while, I don't think we're doing it anymore, but on a monthly cadence last summer, uh, we were sharing benchmark data, just kind of aggregate data from, from our, our customers on, on sales activities and outcomes. And the, the pandemic hit and suddenly sales emails went through the roof, right? Everybody suddenly is emailing because that's all they had. And response rates plummeted because everybody was receiving all these sales emails, right? And and I think now it's sort of evened out. People are, are discovering like, oh, we can we can do things over the phone. We can do things over Zoom. We can do things in other ways um, and and it can work, right? And and the thing that I keep I, I keep thinking about both in relation to sales and just in general with life right now is is we can't do things the normal way. But that doesn't mean it has to be worse, right? Why yeah. can't it be better than normal? And and we have found some things are better, you know? And and so I think the real test, not just for salespeople, but for everyone, will be when this is all over, when we have the freedom to go back in the office, when we have the freedom to go back to the way we used to do things, do we? <laughs> and I hope not, right? I hope I hope we are different. Yeah, that is a good question. So this is an odd experience for me because we're recording this to be a podcast I don't want to be looking down at your face. So I'm looking at the camera directly, which is kind of like disconnecting a little bit. Yeah. But if we were having a sales call, I'd be actually looking at you to pick up those cues. And one of the things I find on an experience like this is that all the other distractions that used to be there in real life, like my phone binging or somebody walking in a coffee shop or a pretty girl walking by are all gone. So I'm actually more attentive to people right now through this medium than I thought I would be. Yeah, that's really interesting. And, and I think it is, we, we are sort of learning to create this space where we are just doing one thing, right? And, and I think also, even for people who have been doing sales over the phone for a long time, and it's been phone conversations, and now they're doing Zoom. Well, yeah, suddenly now my prospect can see if I'm, uh, you know, checking messages on my phone or, or trying to pull oh, yeah. up another tab on my computer or, or zoning out, right? Right? Like, but but to your other point, like it's not quite the same as in person either, right? Because uh, it's it's hard to tell. Are, are you are you looking at me? Are you looking at yourself? Are you looking at the camera, right? And so it, it's 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 a new oh, yeah. world, and and we're trying to navigate it. But you can tell. So yeah. right now, I'm going to look at you. So can you see oh, my yeah. eyes look down? Yeah, yeah. And, and I'm looking at myself over there, and I I can see myself. I'm looking in that direction. So tell me about. Uh, you have a sales rep at, that you work with, and they're doing perfectly fine. And then all of a sudden, they go into a slump. So tell me about a real-life situation. could be during the pandemic or before. We had one of the sales reps that's doing well, goes in a slump. A, what did you think made them go in a slump, and how did you get them out? Well, I mean, um, I think during the, the pandemic, we certainly saw a lot of people going into slumps, and for a variety of reasons. And it's interesting, um, I... 
one thing I really hope for the sales industry is that those sales leaders, managers, VPs, whoever it is that, that historically has been cracking the whip, right, is now aware of the fact that their salespeople are human beings, right? That sometimes stuff yes. happens that is totally unrelated to sales that affects their performance, right? And it doesn't have to be a global crisis. But now that we've been through a global crisis, maybe we understand like, oh, yeah, this sales rep who has been great, if suddenly one of their loved ones gets sick, or if something else like that happens, their performance will go down. And it no amount of of coaching or raising quota or lowering quota or, or you know, changing deadlines or, or recarving territories is going to help with that. And I really hope the frontline sales managers who work with, with sales reps on a daily basis are, are taking that into consideration because sales is intense, right? I, 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 I started in sales, like that was my first job out of, out of, uh, out of college. And I quickly realized I don't have the emotional fortitude to do this for the next 20 years, right? I, I can't keep this up, um, to be a salesperson, no matter some people what, thrive on it and some people it, it's right. a tough gig it you is. face your own humanity and your own fears every day every day and you face rejection every day no matter how good of a sales rep you are no matter how great your product is no matter how warm your leads are sometimes it's just not going to be right and you're going to hear no right and chances are you're going to hear no a lot and that is just that's something a sales Even- rep has to face up to and that requires a certain amount of resilience that Altitude, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that other other facets of life can take away from, right? Like, oh, your landlord raised your rent again, or you know, uh, this this unexpected medical cost, or 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 whatever thing, right? Uh, and your 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 sports team lost <laughs> again. Uh, you, you never know exactly what uh, if several of those things line up. Suddenly, it's a What's lot of trigger it, yeah. <laughs> and so, yeah, go ahead could be the smallest thing. It could be the tone of voice that your wife used this morning. Right. And she could have been distracted. It's not directed at you, but you hear it and all of a sudden it triggers you. But the opposite can be true as well. Yesterday I was doing my first uh, clubhouse. Oh, nice. And uh, so it was actually kind of fun to do and uh, we didn't screw it up too badly, but there was a guy there who was uh, from Africa. And he said he came to America and he was butchering the crap out of the language and he's in like elementary school and it's his turn to uh present and it was dreadful (laughs) and his he felt horrible Uh, kids weren't fully understanding and his teacher said you know what i really found amazing is the sound of your voice is so beautiful he says i was a kid and that was uh, in Africa, we don't get any compliments whatsoever. And my teacher said this to me, because teachers are more revered there, that it allowed me to think, you know, maybe I can do anything. <laughs> and he was just sharing that one little comment that set him on a path of awesomeness. So you, we don't know what's going to inspire us or sabotage us as we go. So if you were going to give uh, three pieces of advice for inside sales reps and pretty much everybody, no matter how outside and golfy you were in the past, you're freaking inside <laughs> now, baby. Yeah. What three pieces of advice would you give them to keep their head straight? Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I it just that story made me think. Um, there was a there was a, a few years, 2017. I, I decided I was going to create a, a sales course and I was going to base it on on interview data. I was going to talk to successful leaders and and a bunch of them and, and pull together patterns I found. And the first interview I did, I was scared out of my mind because I'm going to record a live interview and like, what if I screw it up? Right. You know? Um, and, and one of my coworkers said like, 
it just I, she knew I was headed to the interview and she texted me and she's like, good luck. Uh, right before you go into the interview, just remember something you did that was really awesome in the past and hold on to that. And so, and that did it, right? Like, Brilliant. I, I don't remember back in 2017 what the memory I held on to was, right? But like, I thought of something and it just gave me that feeling of, oh yeah, I can do good stuff, right? Like I, I can, I can do things um, and I can succeed. And instead of that mindset of, so, I'm going to fail, I'm going to fail, I'm going to fail, I'm going to fail. And I think in the sales context where I'm going to fail, I'm going to fail, I'm going to fail is, is death, right? And, and so easy to fall into. You just yes. hold, make yourself a little file in your email where for all the people who respond, like, this is exactly what I needed. Thank you so much. You know, make a little mental folder of, of every time on a sales call, someone was like, whoa, you just blew my mind, you know? And every time before you pick up a call, pull up one of those memories and just replay it real quick. Um, and, and, and you're not, you don't have to tell yourself that that thought. Yeah. Yeah. So that was brilliant. You've got a homework assignment. Are you ready for your homework assignment? (laughs) Sure. Yeah. I want you to find that person, whoever that woman was that sent you that email at that moment and tell her Umar said she freaking rocks. She does freaking rock. Her name is Sarah Patrick. She actually went on, she started her own company. She's the CEO of, I forget what it's called, but she is fantastic. Yeah. Well, do an introduction. We're going to get her on the show. Okay. And you need to let her know too, which you probably did back then, but we have no idea what impact we have on other people's lives. Yeah. And sometimes people come up years later, it's like, oh my God, when you said that thing, it changed my life. And it's like, wow, I wasted 20 years not knowing I was awesome. <laughs> you should have told me sooner. What? Yeah, for so, sure. And so actually, that was number one. Yeah. And, and keep just, my file folder. What's number two and three on to keep your head straight? Um, I, I think uh, that's a good question. Um, I, I mean, there are so many little tra- I, I think I think there's no substitution for being prepared, right? If you are going into yes. a call with someone, you've got to research them. You've got to know what they're interested in. You've got to You've got to know what your product can and can't do. You've got to be, re- you got to know that. And so that's got to be on this list somewhere. Like you can't just go in blind, no matter how many happy memories you, you store it before you go in, you've got to be ready, right? <laughs> you don't know your shit. Right. Yeah. And you can't fake it. Um, and so I, I would definitely put that on the list somewhere too. But then I also just, you know, if you've got, if you know you're prepared, if you, if you, if you have that together, if you have some happy memories you can pull on, uh, I, I think that's great for the in the moment preparation. But I think also you should zoom out and just like take take stock of of what's how how's is what you're doing right now. Can you keep this up next week, next month, next quarter, next year? Right? Is this going to keep working for you? Um, If you have nagging doubts about that, like time to make some adjustments. Right? Maybe you need more exercise. Maybe you need a new hobby. Maybe maybe you need to to start work earlier in the morning. Or 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 there are so many things you can do. And and you know the internet has an endless list of all these suggestions of how to organize your day, how to energize yourself and all this. Most of those don't matter except the ones that work for you. Right. And so like, look around, see, see how you can improve your, your life just, just generally. Right. Uh, and you might be really surprised. Yeah. An extra Brilliant. hour of sleep at night really improves your performance the next day or getting up an hour earlier or exercising or whatever it is. Just, just don't get the, the sales call is, is rarely the thing. If it goes poorly, you know, as long as you were prepared, right? If you weren't prepped, that's totally on you. Make sure you were prepped. Um, if you were in a bad state of mind, right? Have those happy thoughts. Hold on to them. But if just randomly out of nowhere, it, you've, you've, you've fumbled the ball and, and the performance is not great. I, I would I would suggest zooming out and looking elsewhere, right? Making sure you're, you're 
life, your your body, your yourself is 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 taken care of and ready for these kind of performance. Because just like just like athletes train, right? Um, salespeople, you need your brain and your body in 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 shape to do this job because it is it is taxing. So, Kyle, uh, HubSpot went into the CRM business a while ago. Yep. How did that change HubSpot's business? Uh, it is. Uh, it's funny, in some ways completely, and in some ways not at all, right? So I actually, I joined HubSpot in, in 2015, and the CRM was less than a year old at that time. And and in, in the summer of 2015, it kind of operated like its own business, had its own support team, had its own sales team, had its own engineering team. And then in early 2016, all that got folded together into one organization. Um, but it just like, we still, it's been five, six years uh, there are still plenty of companies out, uh, plenty of people out there who think HubSpot is just this marketing automation tool, right? We right. have never shed that, uh, partially because we we did a pretty good job of building ourselves up to be the world's best marketing oh, yeah. tool, right? And 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 we love that reputation in some ways, but we kind of it grates us in other ways because, like, no, we we actually do a lot more than just marketing tools now. And so it's it's interesting how the company itself has grown a lot. We, we have, I mean, my whole job now is teaching people how to do sales stuff, right? That wouldn't exist if we were just a marketing company. Um, and, and we have all these sales tools. We have customer service tools now. Uh, we have all these things. But the perception in the market has been slow to keep up, right? And, and so it's interesting how, in some ways, things have changed a lot and entirely, massively. For us inside the company, it feels like a completely different company now. But externally, people just think HubSpot is still HubSpot, uh, the, the marketing company, right? And and so yeah, it's an interesting disconnect. It's, it's a lot like when you have whichever town you live in, they've got a street called ABC Street, and then they change the name to honor somebody famous. <laughs> All the people that live there never, ever get the new name. Yeah. They always refer to it as the old name. So when you get known for something, you get freaking branded. Yeah. So here is the last question for you, Kyle. If there was one thing you could change about how you show up in the world, what would that be for you? Hmm. This is something actually uh, just in the past year I've been working on because I, I, produce, I create a lot of videos, a lot of sales training videos. And it used to be when I was in the HubSpot office full time, um, you know, we had a little studio there and, and it was just like me and a solid colored background or, or a, a reclaimed wood background or whatever. Um, now... When you see videos I make, it's me here in my living room, right? It's usually it's usually this wall over here, and like there's pictures of my family, right? Here's 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 uh you know here's a picture of the of the 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 religious building my wife and I were married in, and 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 that is just there, right, for all the world to see, and uh, and people notice, right? People reach out to me on LinkedIn. It was like I was watching your video. They used to say like hey, I learned this thing about sales. They're like wait. Is that that is that that building in Sacramento? Like, oh, yep, yep, you got, you know. And so it's just like, yeah. and 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 so to ask to answer your question of how I'm trying to show up in the world, I'm trying to own that, right? I'm trying not to to have two separate person, personas: the Kyle, the sales guy persona, and then the Kyle, the religious dad at home, right? I human. Just, I just want to be me, mm -hmm. and I want to be all of me everywhere I go. And not all of me is relevant in every situation, right? Like, uh, there there are lots of aspects of me that in this conversation we did not talk about because. I mean, and every person has so many facets. We we couldn't ever talk about all of them in a single interview, right? But I just I, I don't want to hide from that anymore. I've I've I've. If you look at my my LinkedIn profile, it's no longer just 
my uh, my my professional stuff. I have you know some some uh, volunteering stuff I've done at my church and these sorts of things, just so people you know if they're trying to figure out who I am, LinkedIn is no longer human. so one dimensional. Yeah. Like here here I am. This is here here are all the pieces of me I think you might be interested in, and uh, and and not shying away from it and fielding questions on whatever topic you know. Brilliant. Kyle, words to live by, being authentic, being yourself is your most powerful self. Thank you so much for being on the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. This is great. If you enjoyed this episode, please go to iTunes and leave a five-star rating. And if you're looking for more tools, go to my website at nolimitselling.com. I've got a free mind training course there that's going to teach you some insights from the world of neuro-linguistic programming And that is the fastest way to get better results.